You are now listening to My Faithway Podcast. You can now find us on every major platform. And don't forget to visit our Facebook page with live services every Sunday at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you want to become a partner or simply make a one-time donation, please text the word FAITHWAY to 77977. Click send and you will receive a link for further instruction. Feel free to comment on our Facebook live stream services or visit our page at myfaithway.org. Now let's experience life in a new way, the Faithway. Complicated for a lot of people. You know, some people aren't even here. That's how complicated that was. But here's the thing, you know, the, the onslaught and a lot of churches have talked about it and we get it. But, you know, you got to be careful not to make the devil bigger than he is. Because, you know, that's the thing. Like, well, you know, the, the devil really designed this. The devil and 40% of churches in America, you know, that number could be questioned, I guess. But if you count all the little tiny churches <laughs> that shut down. And it makes it sound like, you know, Satan is this big, big, big adversary. And he is if you're not on the right side of the tracks. But if you're on the right side of the tracks, he's, he's zeroed out. Now, he'll take opportunities. And that's what I've learned in almost 30 years of ministry is that he, he's an opportunist. More than anything, he's an opportunist, meaning, you know, that he do, it doesn't take a lot for him to wiggle in to your life. But, you know, again, let's just be honest, most of the time we open the door. Thank you for your holy grunts. That's great. That's all I need. But um, here's where I'm going with this. We, we got to stop acting, you know, like, oh, gosh, you know, we, no, we made it. Faithway made it. Um, there's a lot of churches. I talked to Terry, you know, a good friend of mine. He was here in the years. You know, this, there's some big churches in big cities with a lot of, you know, resources. They just said, we're not opening again. You know, but somehow, Faithway, in a little town that nobody's ever heard of till we showed up, and I'm, I'm putting down Hebronville, but guys, you guys weren't that famous. Now they know about you in Ukraine and in Cuba and in New York. Come on. A little town like this, God would pick people like you. And this is where you got to zero in your attention because this conference to me is really important about where the rest of this year is going to go. I don't think it was accidental. You know, there was, there was some scheduling issues, but when it, when it was coming up and it landed in January, to me it's really significant. Because, you know, we've all gone through some stuff, every one of us. And I did, you know, I did reach out hoping our leaders would come and take this five minutes, but y'all didn't take it, so I'm taking your five minutes. But we did send a text, which was graciously ignored, but that's okay. But um, to get you up here and to talk about what God has done in your life. Not to preach, but just to go as sincerely, like if you're having coffee with somebody. And that's what I'm hearing here tonight. I mean, you don't, you're not here to hear my testimony because this is a, like I, I, to, I told Kathy, there was one rule. H and I don't get to share. <laughs> Diana does get to share, but not H. That was the only rule. Well, apparently nobody picked up on it, so I'm sharing now. And then if nobody's tomorrow, then H, you get to share, right? And no, I'm just kidding. But I wanted to take our leadership and to stand up here for a few minutes and really set the tone of this thing because... There are two things that are coming. You know, of course, Dan is, is a good friend, and I think is beyond friend. I'm, I call him family, you know, because we've gone through, you know, ministry, and we've seen something, and we've gone through personal things. And that's when you really begin to see it. But we come here to this place in this church, and this is where I want you, everyone to grab on, you know, because, uh, yes, I get it. It's Friday night, you know, and if you're watching us online, God bless you. We're glad you're watching us online. And, and, you know, a lot of great friends from Faith Exchange, and I'm sure watching online, we're sharing links. But here's where we're going. The mission... The mission of this thing came, you know, for this year is very simple. It was bigger, better, and brighter. And I, it sounds kind of weird where it came from, but I'll be exactly honest. You know, I was thinking about, 
And I'm not going to get into that because that's not the moment. This is not for that. But I was thinking about, you know, the slogan of our president one day, and I was just kind of, eh, thinking about it. And then in prayer, because I really want to know what God is up to the next year. And usually, and I'm not, like, obsessed. That if he doesn't give me a word, I just go back to whatever the last word was. I'm, you know, that's how it works. But I'm like, you know, this has been a weird two years. The church has gone through a lot of things, you know, you know, the Laredo campus, different things that weren't, you know, you would say positive. But the fact is that we came in here, and then, you know, I'm, I'm all stoked to be here on my first service of the year, pumped up, and then, of course, I decided to take my booster called Omnicron or whatever that thing was called. The whole thing lasted about eight hours, but the point of it is I missed my first Sunday, and that bug, bugged me. So I came to next Sunday, last Sunday, I'm thinking, man, I wonder if, if anybody's even going to show up. And I'll tell you what, I was really, really blessed to see the church and not to see it as a church, but to really see the potential that we have. That's where we're going with this year, because this is really this year about, you know, the word bigger, and I don't want to break it all down, but I do want to take to set this up, and then I want to, the title of this conference, Deeper Life Conference, the title of the year is Bigger, Better, Brighter. And they're, they're going to they're gonna blend through this weekend, and we're going to hear some instructions, and we're going to get a word. That's why if you can't be in-house, make sure you turn it on online. We're going to do our best effort. You know, we're, that's one of the big upgrades we have this year is to you know, upgrade our online experience and so forth. But, what, but the only one I want to pick is the word bigger tonight because I don't want to, you know, maybe every night I'll just kind of play with one of them. But it's just a very simple thing because the word bigger, first of all, has to come from a place of perspective. Nothing is bigger until you decide who's looking at it. And we have a, a wrong concept of bigger, especially in ministry. And, and I'll, I'll, you know, for those of you that don't know, like, all, you know, because bigger is really easy to track. I remember one time years ago, and, and, you know, I used to go to these ministers' conference, and I still do if they're worth my time, but I was, you know, part of a big organization that I'm no longer for. Now, now that's not important. But all these pastors would hang out. Dan knows exactly what I'm talking about. They come out, you know, and they, they all just, and we all flock around, and we all look real religious and spiritual and all that. And then the question comes, right, Dan? So, how many people go to your church? Like, if that is some kind of measuring stick... Well, I have done, and, and the guy goes, well, I have 200, and they go down, down, down the line. Well, when it kind of came to me, I just said, well, back, this was years and years ago, but I did, I did do my math, and I said, well, we only have about 3% of the population. And they got, everybody got real quiet, because, you know, my town only has 5,000 people, and we have about 3% of the population. Eat your heart out, Joel Osteen. But anyway, I'm just saying, bigger always comes from perspective. Because here's what you understand, from God's eyes, the only thing that's bigger is one soul that doesn't go to hell. That's the only thing I find in the Bible that is celebrated. You never find that we celebrate it because somebody got a house paid off, which that's wonderful to have a debt-free home. Nothing wrong with that. You know, it's, it's wonderful to have a healing testimony, you know, when the doctors called you that it was over, and it's not over because God showed up. That's wonderful. But the Bible only says one thing about, about causing a party in heaven. There's only one scripture that really gives us the idea that this is celebratory territory. And it's when one soul comes to the feet of Jesus. So, you know, so when we talk about bigger, you know, if we're not careful, ministry begins. And this is not a you know, ministry thing, but you guys are part of church, and this is the Friday night crowd. This is the hardcore crowd. But you've got to understand how, how this machine, if we want to call it machine, works. Because we can say, if I, you know, if I have a business... And I can have a growth goal, per se, this year I want to make X amount of dollars. Or if I have, you know, any organization, and if you're not careful, church falls into us as, well, we have to have, you know, 100 people, or we have to have 250, or whatever the magic number you can come up with. But the problem with that is that ministry doesn't track the way the world tracks. Yeah. 
And the world tracks with goals like, okay, 200, that's our goal for this year, 500, $10,000, whatever. That's not, the, that's not how God tracks. And if we're not careful, we're going to miss a big, big thing. Because if God has proven something to every one of you that is part of Faithway, is that he can do an amazing thing with a, just a handful of people in a place he's never heard of. <laughs> right? I mean, something we've learned out of this place is that God can do some crazy, amazing stuff. But here's where we're going. So now bigger... From God's eyes, remember, it's just that one soul, right? Obviously, yes, we want to add numbers. You know, number is something. I've always told my leadership, you know, you can't manage something you can't measure. So we've got to measure something. We've got to measure attendance. We've got to measure online church. That's why it's important, our online church, to let us know. You know, we like to, you know, the metrics. But that's not that, you know, we don't want to fall into the world and get so absorbed with metrics that we miss really the, the vision of God. Because ministry, and something I've learned over the last, you know, I'm saying it's not 30 years, but it'll be, you know, before too long, is that it, there's not, and I used to not be that way. I used to see a goal. Okay, when we get the building, when we get 100 people, when we get, you know, when we get missions, whatever. But that's not ministry. Ministry is always every day. It's, it's, it's you know, when you say, was your ministry successful? Was Faithway successful? You can't judge it by how many people are in the building. Because the success of ministry, and when I, when I bring success of ministry down, I bring it down to your level. Success of your Christian life is not tracked, you know, okay, hopefully I'll, you know, I'll get 100 people to Jesus before I go to Jesus. No, it's living every single day like it was your last day on this planet. And every encounter is to be a blessing. And every encounter is not to bring people to church. It's to bring people to Jesus. To bring people to that simple truth. Now, if they connect to Faithway or if they don't connect to Faithway, guess what? That doesn't make a bit of difference in God's eyes. Because if something I learned about my calling, and it was after Monica pointed this out years ago, that it was hard for me to, not not, not hard, but I had to resolve that that was part of my calling, Dan. It was, I was a connector. And it was kind of hard sometimes because I would connect a lot of people and they would, both of them would do like amazing. And I'm like, oh, I've been (laughs) sidelined. You know, I connect, you know, I connected you to Yoel, and, and I don't feel, but then I realized, no, that's my calling, and I've done that, you know, I connected Pastor Mel to, you know, Demas, if you're watching me, dear brother from Ukraine, you know, pray for Ukraine, Ukraine's on my heart right now, because here we go again, right. you know, and I'm planning to be there in the summer, and, and, you know, it just seems like as soon as something starts up, right, that's when we decide to go, but anyway, you know, I, I hooked him up with, with Pastor Mel, and they're doing, they have a wonderful, great relationship, and it's blessing him, you know, but that's, here's where, I, here's where I'm going with this. That is not a bad thing. And everyone in this building, and I'm almost done with my big statement, is this year you've got to understand that you are a connector. And that everything you do is not about you. It's about that little thing called bigger. You know, and I want you to focus because a text, a phone call, hey, I'll pick you up. Somebody's going through something. You don't have to call Pastor Box. You got the word. You got Jesus. Are you kidding me? You, you know, as soon as you open your mouth, come on, how many have experienced that? You're like, how could I ever preach like that? You know, I mean, as soon as you open your mouth, here it comes. And that is what God is looking for, at least in my understanding, for what, you know, what he's calling us for 2022. That bigger is not about if we can fill the building. We filled the building a few times, and it got emptied a few times. We filled it, you know, right before COVID. We were like, woo and then boom, there we go again, right? But, you know, that doesn't mean you're not successful, because success of ministry is every single day. In your workplace, in the building, it doesn't matter if it's Sunday, it doesn't matter if, you know, in Walmart, it doesn't matter where you're at, that's ministry. 
And that's all of us, amen. And I don't know if you got the depth of that, but that is really, and I'm really excited that my friend, my brother is here, and I'm not going to take any more time. Pastor Dan, please deliver these people from me. <laughs> Give him a big God bless you. Come on, sir. I'm really honored to be here again. I've missed you. I feel like I haven't been here in a while. And I have a lot to say. And it's wonderful because I have three sessions to say it in. But I'm going to tell you, you don't want to miss one. Because what Pastor was just explaining to you, I want to uh, emphasize. And I want to share with you the honor that it is that you have chosen to be here tonight, not only for me, but for you. I think sometimes we take it for granted that we want to go to church. You guys want to be in the presence of Jesus. You guys want to do something with your life. You want to make a difference. I want to tell a quick story. And it's kind of on my heart today, so I kind of got to get it out, because I, otherwise I'm going to think about it. I don't want to think about it while I'm preaching. But it ties together what Pastor Box was saying. It ties together what I'm, where I'm going to go all weekend. Uh, and it speaks to the importance of Faithway Church. You have a unique pastor. I love when I hear him speak, and the Lord has given me ears to hear. So I hear his leadership. I hear his intelligence. I see his calling. I see his desire to serve you. But I also see his frustration. I see his his I guess overall his feelings in a sense. It just makes me love him more. It makes me want to be with him more. Because, as he said earlier, he's very, very real. And that makes him very, very rare. So I could be anywhere in the world, but I'm here. I was with Terry Mize last night, and he kind of repeated what you always say, which is, how did you and Kelvin become friends? That's like impossible. You know, it's when my daughter, not my daughter, my wife was a little girl. She had a neighbor, and she called him Uncle Benny, and he drove around a Cadillac. He was a black guy, but he was married to this Jewish lady. And so when she was a little girl, four or five years old, precocious as she was, she would say, you guys don't really go together. You guys, I don't know if you guys are a match or not. You know what's going on here, and uh, it was kind of it was kind of a funny thing. And that's kind of how people see when they look at Kelvin and I. They don't really see oh, you guys don't really go together. 
But there's something behind the surface, and it hasn't really truly revealed itself yet, what it really is. With what's going on in the news for Cuba, what's going on in the news for Ukraine, you're smack dab in the middle of it. And you're in Hebronville, Texas. And you're smack dab in the middle of hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people coming across the border. But then you're smack dab in the middle of COVID and whatever you're dealing with personally. So I'm here to remind you to keep the main thing the main thing. Because you can get distracted. Because your influence, your power, your strength is in your spiritual alignment with the one who lives in you. But it's not just about power. It's also about your peace. And when I say peace, I mean your happiness. I'm going to ask you a question. Do you want to be happy? No, but really, I mean, do you really want to be happy? Then, then really pay attention this weekend because the Lord wants you happy. He also wants you to be satisfied. He wants you to be fulfilled. He wants you to feel like your life matters. Because it does. I believe it. And I know somebody who believes it more than me, and his name is Jesus. As this weekend progresses, you're going to hear me calling him Jesus Lust and Yeshua more. That's just me, okay? I have a revelation of that, and that revelation I'll walk in, and I'll teach you about it, and I want you to have it, and once you have it, you're going to want to do the same thing. It's kind of like my wife. I love her. I call her, you know, I call her baby. I call her adorable. Sometimes I call her things because she's annoying me, but that's not for your information. (laughs) And I repent afterwards because she doesn't deserve that, but her name is Anne, and she wants to be called Anne. Sometimes when I'm saying sweet things to her, she'll say, just, what's my name? Because there's something really beautiful and intimate about hearing your name. And we have a tendency to speak to our Heavenly Father, and we, don't, and we don't really call him by name. We call him Father. We call him the big guy upstairs. We call him a lot of things, but we've never really done the work to know his name, and we're going to work on that a little bit tomorrow morning. But I want you to have that intimacy, because I want you to be satisfied. I want you to be happy. I don't want you leaving this weekend feeling that you have to do anything to be in his good graces, to be in the middle of his will, and that everything that you do in thought, word, and deed just flows out of your love and satisfaction and fulfillment of your calling. And believe me, you're going to have a lot more energy than if you're like, ooh, I've got to do this, and ooh, i got to do that, and ooh, i got to go to church. Like, ah. You don't want to be doing it. You want to be like, you know what I mean? 
I started out in the ministry just going to church with my wife, but I was immediately put in the praisers, right, because I could sing a little bit. So I started being part of this choir, and I started to sing, but it was every Thursday night, and it was after work, and then it was learning music, and all these different things, and so after a while, it's like every Thursday night. And you're going to church on Wednesday night, and then it's every Thursday night. And then you got to be to church an hour before everybody else. An hour. An hour before everybody else. Right? And so church can get to be like that. And you don't, you don't want one day of your life feeling obligatory. Like, you have to. You want to feel like everything you do is because you want to do it. So what I want you to do, it takes, it takes a real epiphany to get there. It takes a real acknowledgement of everything you do, if you choose it, will be worship. I may have said this, and sometimes I get a little deja vu when I stand here, because I've been here before, but the word for work in Hebrew is avodah, avodah. If you've heard that before, it's because I've probably said it here before. But it's the same word for worship. So work is worship. Now, I, I, I've led praise and worship many times, and I have seen people praise, and it looks like work. <laughs> they bring the sacrifice of uh, you know, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm talking about the congregation out there going, you know, I mean, oh, my God, you know. But if you stick with me this weekend, light bulbs are going to go off in you. When you read your word, it's going to feel like the 4th of July. Because the revelation that's going to come from the word, you'll, you'll, be able to, you'll be able to, when you meet Ayana or when you meet a, a child and they just talk about the word, you'll be able to see the divine Holy Spirit in it and you'll, gra- and you'll garner or you'll receive information. But you, I don't even want information, wrong word, inspiration. The Lord can preach to me in the birds in my backyard. He can preach to me in the way the weather goes, or who comes up to me, who doesn't come up to me. He can preach to me and It's all right. I bet you could hear me even, even without the mic, right? I was in church the other day. It was a home going in a Catholic church. and I, I grew up Catholic, so I was in the back, or I was in the middle, and the woman in the back was singing. But I knew the songs because I used to be kind of like the song leader in the Catholic church. And... Uh, Everybody in church came up to me afterwards. Well, that was so nice. You were really singing. I was like, 
I was whispering singing. So yeah, I know my voice carries all the way back there. My, dad, my daughter says when we're in a restaurant, Dad, you want everybody in the restaurant to hear you? I'm like, no, I really don't, praise the Lord. So let, let me tell you my story, and then I'm going to get into the beginning of what I want to bring this weekend. I just came out of the Kenneth Copeland Ministers Conference this week, and we're celebrating our 25th year as a church this summer. So as I listened to the Word, I was listening for direction, and as Pastor Kelvin does too, I know I was there, I've been going there as long as they've had a minister's conference. Their first minister's conference was 1993, and I was at the first one. And in that conference, a prophetic word was spoken over us by the pastor, George Pearsons, who's the son-in-law of Kenneth Copeland. And he just, we were sitting on the second row, and Danielle was only three months old, so we had brought her with us. And so she's in our arms, and he just reaches over and goes, you're going to pastor a church in New And I was a commodities trader. I was not a pastor in New York City, and you're going to bring freedom to New York City. And I was like, giving him a no, you know, I was like, get behind me, Satan. I was like, everything you could think of. I just, first of all, my personality is not the natural personality of a pastor, because I'm, you know me, I've been here before. You know how I can get, hallelujah. I'm softer today and nicer today than I once was, and you're kind of used to me now, so you're here tonight, so you like me. I like that. So you came because you know what I'm like. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. So as I was at the conference, you know, you know everybody. But you watch who walks by you and won't make eye contact. You watch all of the political stuff that goes on in those meetings. Who's sitting where and who's not sitting where and what's going on and Who's invited to this room and who's invited to that conversation? And you really have to cast down every vain imagination because you're not there for that. As I always like to say from from Jesus, I always like to say, and I'll say it to you tonight, you know, did you come out here to see a reed shaken in the wind? You know what that means? That means to get your opinions affirmed. You know, which way is the wind blowing? Did you come out here because I'm from Wall Street? I have a beautiful wife who wears a lot of jewelry. <laughs> See a man dressed in fine clothes? Or more importantly, did you come here to get a word from God? And so you go, you've got to ignore all those slights, all those snubs, all the stuff that goes on. And you also have to ignore if you are paid attention to or if you are flattered in some way, or you are, because that's not why you're there. If you're hearing the word, you're hearing the word to hear a word from God. Now remember what my first premise was. You're going to want to go back and listen to this CD. Family, if you're watching at home, this is really for you, Faith Exchange. I'm going to take you to fulfillment. I'm going to take you to satisfaction. And I'm going to take you because the voice of God, the relationship with Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus himself, the Christ, is all you need. But it's not all you need in the sense like, I got it, I'm going to sit home and I'm just going to 
pray all day or praise all day or do dishes all day. No, no, no. Because with it comes his message. With it comes his love. With it comes his ability to influence, to heal, to solve problems. There's nothing greater in life than being a person that in any situation is the go-to person to solve a problem. So we're through going through this conference, and I'm listening for the voice of the Lord. And we just recently had our associate pastor, who was our lead prayer intercessor. She's the woman that I trust with the pulpit when I'm not there. And if you ever met her, you would say, you'd go like this with she and I too, just like me and Kelvin. She's Caribbean black. She is direct. She, you come in and you, you pray wrong, she will correct you with every bit of grandmotherly force that she can bring. Well, she went home to be with the Lord in December. And I say this because there's, we're in a real serious time right now. We're in a real war. There's blood in the heavenlies. So what I'm teaching you is not only, I'm putting out the carrot first, okay? I'm putting out the carrot. The carrot is you're going to be happy. The carrot is you're going to be influential. The carrot is you're going to be impactful. The stick is if you don't get it, you're going to be miserable. Pastor was alluding to it. The devil's going to sneak in. He's going to steal, kill, and destroy everything he can. He's on the warpath. And you're sitting in here tonight. You know what that means? That means you just put a target on your forehead. Because you said you're on God's team. You know, Jesus said this to his followers. He said to them, you sure you want to stay? So I'm going to ask you, you sure you want to stay? Because the devil knows who I am. My feet are shod with the gospel, the good news, the power of God, the preparation of the gospel of peace, nothing missing and nothing broken. I do wear the breastplate of righteousness. You know what that means? That means... and. and Pastors seen me do it. I can stay in the Word of God for hours without saying a word other than Scripture. When I was in Mexico with Pastor Kelvin preaching, what's the pastor's name down there? Gabriel had to had to translate Scripture for forty five minutes to an hour. So all I did was quote Scripture, but I didn't quote Scripture in a way that didn't make sense. I put it back to back to back as if I was telling a story. What am I doing? Because there's a difference between being in Christ and just being safe in the secret place. And then there's, a, then there's Christ in you where you're letting him talk with the authority of who he is, the burden-removing power, the healing power, the loving power, the magnetic power, the satisfying place. In him, you're protected. But you weren't, you weren't brought in to him to just be protected so you could take a nap. Now he's in you, and you got to step up.
So the Lord spoke to me today because I got another piece of information, two pieces of information this week. One, Gloria's husband was in a uh, rehab center. He had had a stroke after his wife passed. He also got COVID right after his wife passed. Is the devil a liar? Is he on the attack? I know he is. You guys could probably tell similar stories. You guys have been through stuff. I know the pastor has. But as my good friend Barry Tubbs likes to say, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, keep on going. Don't stop. You don't want to say in the valley of the shadow of death. You want to keep on going. Just walk all the way through. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. You will be seated at the table in the presence of your enemies. He will anoint your head with oil, and he'll, he'll fill your cup to running over. But you've got to go through. Say, I'm going through. So, his son, who we don't really know, my, my friend, Lee Roy's, who is Gloria's husband's son, calls, you know, he's been trying to take care of his dad, but he, his whole life, his dad and mom have been taking care of him. So, as a good pastor, I'm the pastor of Leroy. I'm not the pastor of the son. Now, the son says, I want to take care of my dad. I say, well, you're the son. Let's see how you do. Well, he's trying, but he's in a rehab center where they're abusing him. They're calling him a criminal. They're telling him he's crazy, and his whole left side isn't working. They say they rehab him, but they're not rehabbing him. But I don't have any authority. Now, listen to me. This is where I'm going with this. Until somebody gives it to me. So when I get started tonight, this is all a warm-up, because when I get started tonight, I need you, with your pastor's permission, I need you to give me the authority to impart what you need to go bigger, better, brighter. Because you can't go bigger, better, brighter without help, without the Holy Spirit. And you don't want to go in your own strength because it'll only be February and you'll be like, meh. It'll feel like work. You don't, want to, you don't want it to feel like work. You know, when I used to work out a lot, it was great. You know, you'd start off, you could bench press 175 and then you'd do some work and now you can bench press 225. And then you'd go up 275 and 225 felt easy. Then eventually 275 felt easy. That's how it's supposed to be. When you're growing in the Lord, being productive in the Lord, doing more, bigger in the Lord should feel easy. And every time you should want to grow more because you want to make the level that you're at feel easy. You know, there's in, in the pro-level sports, for some of the greats in there, as hard as that look, it's easy to them. And that's the way you want your walk with Jesus to feel. So as a coach, as a leader, as an apostle, as a prophet, my job is to give you a chance to do your job, like I'm giving Leroy's son. But just this week, we moved him three blocks from our house so we could take care. Because Leroy is my friend. And I, I'm not overly concerned about how his son feels about me. 
Now, he gave me permission. He said, you want to move my dad closer to you so you can help more? He said, okay. I said, okay. But you and I both know that was happening with or without his permission because all I need is Leroy's permission. And Leroy's all, yeah, get me out of here. This is a, this is not a good place to be. How's that for cleaning up my language? So today, and now the story's going to get, and I'm going to move into the place now. Flow with me. You're going to want to go back over this because I'm teaching you principles, little principles. And um, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If I was here with you all the time and I would listen to you, I would be able to tell how you think by what you talk about. I could tell how you think a lot by your facial expressions, your body language. Because I could tell if you're sad, if you're happy, if you're worried, if you're scared, all that stuff. And if you're sad, worried, or scared, you're not walking with Jesus the way you should. Because I'm telling you right now, we win. No, but we don't just win in the end when we go to heaven. We win. By the end of this weekend, you're going to understand how to receive this. But one of the things you've got to do is you've got to get out of the past. Because if you lost last week and all you want to do is think about that loss, then you're going to lose the rest of your life. As an old wide receiver, if you, if you dropped a pass, you, had to, you just had to get yourself up and run a pass on the next one. I think it's right here. It's Ayana's phone. Ayana, that's your phone. It's your time to do chores, Ayana? So today I got a, I got a message on Facebook from a guy I used to trade with on the floor, and he told me that his big brother passed away. Now, his big brother, John was a guy who uh, met me on the floor of the exchange. He owned a semi-pro football team, and he was a big, big-time commodities trader. And he came up to approach me one time on the floor. He knew that I played in college, and he knew that I was a pretty good player. So he said, come help me on my team. Come be on my team. So I did. I was working for Goldman Sachs. Have anybody ever heard of Goldman Sachs? It's a big company in New York City. They're a big investment fund, and they do a lot of things. They're a... Uh, yeah, it's hard to describe what they do. They're into too many things, in my opinion, and I don't always like what they're into. But I was working for them, and it came to a pass on uh, this day in 1983 that they offered me a change of a job, and I didn't really understand why they were doing it. So we parted company. I went to practice that night, football practice, and I was one of the better guys on the team, stronger, faster, but I was in a mood that night. So about halfway through practice, the owner of the team, John, my friend, comes over and he says, Dan, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, sure. So he pulls me aside and he says, you trying to kill anybody out here tonight? What are you trying to do? What is under your skin? You just hit a couple people so hard. They got to play in a game on Saturday and... This is semi-pro, and they, they don't, this isn't their full-time job. <clears throat> so you're not allowed to hurt anybody 
or knock anybody out here tonight. So he goes, What's, so I told him that I just parted company with uh, Goldman Sachs. He goes, so what are you going to do? I said, I, I, I really want, he goes, what would you do if you could do anything you want to do was really his question. And I said, I'd start my own trading company on the floor of the exchange and I would compete against them in this area. He said, well, what, are you gonna, what would you need to do that? I said, I'd need a million dollars and one person in Chicago, two people in Chicago, one person here. He goes, that's what you need. He says, okay, put it together, start Monday, and I'll back you. I'm 24 years old. He goes, now go home. Nobody needs to die tonight. <laughs> and why is this important? Because I want you to understand, this man, I witnessed to him a lot in my life. And I believe he's in heaven. He never prayed the prayer. He would never give me the satisfaction of coming to Jesus with me. But I believe he's in heaven. I was talking to Kenneth Copeland via text today because I invited him to speak for me this summer. And he, he wanted, you know, so I told him that story. And I kind of ended it with that. I don't, you know, I don't, I said I witnessed to him a lot. He always turned me down. He goes, you don't know where he is. That's all he said. Oh, the rest of the story I thought he'd enjoy. No comments on that. He just says, you don't know where he is. Like, I'm like, you're right. I don't know where he is. Sorry, sir. I'm hoping he's in heaven. No, door. I'm not his judge. That's a fact. But I'm telling you this story because I want you to understand. I need you to go through your life and find some people that you can be grateful for. You've got to get grateful. And God pointed out to me today just one of the people along the way who believed in me and was there for me. And it puts me in a very, 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 very grateful spot. But I will also say I'm in a very raw spot because I shed a few tears today because, I mean, he meant a lot to me. Leroy... We're happy that we got him in the rehab center near us, but his whole left side is not working yet. Gloria just passed away. The devil is on the attack. And I could be distracted by this over and over and over and over and over again. I could be thinking about that all day, every day, all the things that are going wrong. If I'm watching the news, I could be thinking about all those issues, which I'm not going to list. But sad to say I could list them. And all that means is I watch too much. But not tonight. Because here's where I want to go now. You ready to shift? Words have two purposes. Say words have two purposes. The first purpose is the lowest purpose, which we use words to describe things, to converse, to, to convey information. You know, let's go to church tonight. Church starts at 7. You know, I'd like for you to sit on the second row, sit on the second row. Honey, don't eat that. You know, that type of stuff, right? 
Sorry, that was my own personal life. Sneak it in there. But then the second thing is words create. So tonight when I speak to you, I want you to keep that in mind. Words create. So I am not going to, even tomorrow when I teach on the Hebrew, I am not teaching to inform you. I'm teaching to create in you a connection to the creator in you. So as we go bigger, better, brighter this year, let me add what the Lord has shared with me, that 2022, this year, is the year of creative courage. Now you're going to understand creative courage. Now from from me, I'm going to start giving you tools Grids to start placing in your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions to order your steps aright. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the heart flow the issues of life. But you and I both know, if we're honest, if we could somehow sit like a a statistician and record and keep score of the thoughts in our mind, right? Worry, little lists, fear, bitterness, anger, regret. They'd have a long list of those. And then you'd have this little list over here where it's like, happy thought. (laughs) You know, you'd have a lot of boredom. Right? But that's not who you're supposed to be. The steps of a good man, Psalm 37, are ordered by Yahweh. We're going to read that in a few seconds. I'm going to start in some places, but what I loved about what he was saying about bigger, let's talk about bigger for a second. Here's the exercise for bigger. Twice a day, you pray the Ephesians prayers first person. Let me take you to these prayers. Go to Ephesians chapter 1. We're talking about bigger. When I'm saying bigger, I mean, I saw Michelle today. She's not bigger, but she's bigger. She's more healthy. Amen? I see Kelvin. Kelvin, I go, where's your rump? I mean, you're gone. It's gone. You lost all that weight, man. You're looking good, brother. Still more work to do there, Ayanna? I don't know. (laughs) Ephesians chapter (laughs) 1. Sorry, I won't respond to it. Okay. I want you to start using your Bible in a creative way. I don't want you reading your Bible... To bring information to yourself. I want you to read your Bible into your spirit to do what it was designed to do, which is to create in you a risen spirit. Everything I'm going to teach now going forward is going to be that. Bigger, 
better, brighter. Creative courage. I'm not here by accident. Okay? Verse 14. Verse 16. Go to 16. Now, here's how I want you to read it. I cease not to give thanks. I don't want you to read it like you're reading it for somebody else. Paul wrote this for somebody else. But you say, I cease not to give thanks. See how Pastor was telling you today? You are all connectors. I was just with um, a lawyer who's got a law firm, and she's the CEO of the law firm, and she comes in and asks me to work with her staff every other month. And her company has grown 2x, 2x, 2x every year. That means that company doubles in, in money coming in and clients coming in every year we've worked together. Say bigger. Say more money is better. But it's not just more money. She's reaching out into all sorts of technologies. She's creating jobs. She's now in universities. Her technology is being picked up by uh, investment funds, all this, because impact and influence is what she should have. But the exercise that we did together was we did, I cease not to give thanks in every area of my life. I want to see in my life where the life is. Making mention of you in my prayers. Now, I want you to be really selfish with this when you pray this. Now, remember, you're speaking to yourself. I cease not to give thanks. I am praying for you. A lot of us are good at praying for other people. You've got to pray for yourself. That the God... Of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. I'm praying right now that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ gives me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of my understanding are enlightened. You could go over to brighter on that, right? Bigger, better, brighter. My eyes are enlightened. Bright means bright light, but bright has another meaning. What's the other meaning? Bright is the, the best and the brightest, the smart people. Right? Like Catherine over here. Smart people. Like Ayana. Smart people. Right? The brightest. But you're praying over yourself. What are you praying for? You're praying for capacity. You can't do bigger, better, brighter. You can't even do what you're called to do without capacity. So Ephesians prayers is twice a day. I'm praying for the wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of my understanding are brightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards me. Because I believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ, which he made, which he formed, when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So that's an exercise. That's just one prayer. The other one's in Ephesians 3, verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant me, 
according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, I want you to get these prayers because I want you to know. You have not because you ask not. You have to ask, you have to seek, and you have to knock. Say, Lord, give me the strength. Make me bigger. Make me better. Make me brighter. When Pastor Annie goes to lay hands on some of you or some of your friends tomorrow night, Jesus will be here to heal. But you could stop it if you don't give the healer permission. Because God has given you free will. You have to say yes to his will. You don't have to say yes like overly, you know, if you just say kind of like acquiesce, he'll heal you. I was in Fargo, North Dakota. I was talking to the guy 30 years ago, and we were having a service. And there's this guy, and I said, the place is packed out. It's like five degrees outside, but the place was packed. I think it made me feel like it was the only place in all of Fargo, North Dakota that they had heat. So I think they came to the, I mean, it was really packed out. And so there was a guy who was blind. He was on like a fifth row. And I was preaching on, you got to tell the Lord what you want. But the miracle power was in the house. So I had him come forward. He had a stick. And I had him come forward. And I asked him, what do you want? Because you got to ask. He said, I need a ride home. I said, what? I said, who's going to take it? What's your name? He said, my name is Billy. I said, great. Who's going to take Billy home? I'll take Billy home. He came with me. I'll take him home. I don't know why he doesn't think he has a right home. And so I asked him again. I said, what do you want? He says, I'd really like chicken figures. I was like, who's going to get him some chicken figures? All right, we got you chicken figures. I said, Billy, isn't there something that you'd want from God? I mean, he'd been blind his whole life. He doesn't even know to ask for it. I said, Bill, you've got to ask me. He's like, what? Can I sit down, he said? I said, yeah. I'm telling you, that service, by the end of the night, my wife went to lay hands on people. The whole place went out under the power except him. I mean, they got it. He didn't. And we're not talking... Pentecostal land. We're talking Fargo, Norwegian, Swedish, Hoftafei land. I mean, they are as stiff as, as you can imagine. They're, you know, that's where I'm from. How you doing? Fine. I mean, it's, it's rough. At your house, you know, you're all talking over each other. You know what I mean? Everybody's telling a story at the same time. At my house growing it up, I mean, you'd have to just wait for people to talk. It was like, there's grass growing everywhere on that table. It was just, <laughs> nobody was telling a story. You got to ask, would it be all right with you if you were happy? That's why I asked you. Because a lot of you are carrying some stuff. This guy was blind. It was obvious to everybody. But you guys are blind to some things. That's why you have to ask to have your eyes opened to things that you have forgotten to believe for or you've given up on. Now you got to ask. All right, ready? Watch this. You have 
the ability to ask. Now I'm releasing it now because most of you didn't have it before. And because you didn't have it, you weren't asking. Have you been ever been someplace where all your life, you got to think about this, you were never picked, you were passed over, and so you don't want to be disappointed again, so you don't expect, you don't expect favor, you don't expect, so you don't ask. And then you're like, it's okay. Another day, it's okay. I know, but all of you, any of you who have children, when you see your kid get passed over, it breaks your heart. Even though you've given into it for yourself. And to put that, when Danielle was a little girl, I used to teach her this little thing, bigger, better, brighter, let's stay on the topic, right? I used to say to her, sparkle. And all the pictures when she's a little girl, you could just see her. There was a brightness. There's a brightness in her today. There's a brightness in her today. The brightness doesn't come out like a little girl. It doesn't come out like this. But she's a doctor now, and you walk in, and she'll be given an, you know, she'll be doing an operation, but the doctors have to multitask like crazy. So she has like three women that are, that are in the, in the, delivering, and she's got to deliver all those babies. Some are C-sections, some need operations, some need all these things. So she'll be dealing with what's in front of her. Somebody will walk in to tell her about one of the other cases, and they're like, Dr. Danielle, she'll be like, what's your question? Just like this, just like. And they're like, well, uh, uh," she's like, if you don't have your question ready coming in, don't come in. Because she's got the light turned 100% on, and she's focused on giving life. You know, if you catch her socially, maybe she come visit you sometimes. She can cut you some slack. But if she's in the middle of something that's life or death, like giving birth, you better come with a question. If you're going before the Lord, you don't want to go before the Lord without having asked for the capacity to ask. I mean, if you're going to get to be before the creator of the universe, you're going to get to be before the God of all things. Nothing is too hard for him. You don't want to walk in there talking about the Dallas Cowboys. You know what I mean? And you don't want to be going in there talking about Immigration. You want to go in there asking for, I mean, I mean, we all heard the jokes about, you know, if the genie came out of the bottle and could give you three wishes, what would you ask for, you know? And then always the smart guy goes, I'd ask for ten more wishes, you know what I mean? You gotta, you gotta get this capacity to ask. You gotta get your eyes open, and you've gotta know that in so many ways you don't, you don't have the strength right now. Emotionally, mostly. As, as Pastor Kelvin said, we've been through it. I had a really sad experience recently with my son-in-law. My son-in-law. He's got this really great new job. He's a CPA. 
he and my daughter loved to be with Annie and I. They, you know, on New Year's Eve, we went out to dinner with them, just the four of us. And it's not like my son-in-law and daughter are socially impaired. You know, they have friends. But they like to hang out with us, which we love. Of course, they hung out with us from 6 to 9.30, and then they went with their friends. <laughs> let's, let's get rid of them first. <laughs> Go home, you old people. You know what I mean? It's like that type of thing. But what had happened was I had tweaked my knee, and he had planned a ski trip for the next week. And I had been playing paddle tennis, and my knee really kind of gave out on me a little bit. So I said, you know, I can't. I really don't think it's wise, because we have another ski trip planned in a couple weeks. If I go on this ski trip, I don't think it's going to work. I mean, I was having trouble going down, up steps, going up steps, even getting out of a chair. I was having trouble. So I, I said to him, I can't go. But I was my usual upscale self at that dinner that night. And my daughter, I had misplaced my wallet. My daughter had been over for Christmas, and she had thought that my wallet was her husband's wallet, so she had put it in her pocketbook and took it home. So you know what that means? We we searched our entire house for a week, and I stood in faith. I was like, that wallet is coming back. That wallet is coming back. And you know how miserable it is to go get your license. You know, all the different information was in my wallet. I had to go get So I was like, you know, and I was not happy. But then we go out to dinner with them. My wife's got credit cards, so we were okay. So we go out to dinner with them, and my daughter comes bouncing out of the house. I found your wallet, Dad. I said, what? It's at her house? She, I was never at her. Yeah, I just took it home with me last, you know. I said, she said I wouldn't have even found it if we didn't go out to dinner tonight because I wasn't going to take that pocketbook. So now, what, you can imagine, when you find a wallet after a week that you've been missing, you're happy, right? So I'm like, yes! I found my wallet. I was up there singing songs from Fiddler on the Roof. Wonder of wonders, miracle of miracles, God took a Daniel. I was really happy. But my son-in-law is mad at me because he's thinking, you should be miserable because you can't go skiing with me. So I was kidding around because I don't know what, and I'm like, I got, I'm putting my wallet on my leg. Lord, you gave me this healing. Come on, give me this healing right now. You know? he's, and he's thinking I'm just being sarcastic to him, you know, just teasing him, you know. I mean, that's how much he loves to hang out with, but he's like thinking in his mind, you would play through it if we were playing football. You would this, you know, he's just so mad at me. Now I'm telling you the story because he was really disappointed in me. Have you ever been disappointed in somebody? Have you ever been disappointed in God? Have you ever been disappointed in yourself? I've been working him through this. Because somehow I came down two or three notches in his esteem, his estimation, over this. Is it warranted? What do you think? It's probably not that big a deal, right? Now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to ski when we go February 1st. I'll try. But, I, you know, getting, getting back to where he holds me in the regard that he once did over something silly like that, why am I telling you this? Do you know, why am I telling you this? Because you've got to know that God is the God that can meet all your needs. But if you've lost it, you've got to ask for it back. 
No, let me, let me say this a different way. What did you come out here to see tonight? Did you come out here to get your opinions affirmed? Did you come out here to see a man dressed in fine clothing, good-looking guy? Did you come out here to get a word from God? And I brought that back to your attention because I'm speaking on behalf of God. His heart is broken for you because you've lost You've lost the esteem for him that you once had. You're not asking as diligently as you once did. You're not holding him in as high regard as you once did. And you gotta, you gotta ask for the capacity again. You gotta say, Lord, give me the strength to love you more. Give me the strength to trust you more. Give me the strength to believe you more. Give me the courage to do and and be the Word. Because you can't do this. It's it's like you, you can't just start from where you are and then be the champion that you were created to be. You got to ask. You don't get to go to, to the finest school, the finest college, if you don't apply. You don't get the degree if you don't do the work. And a lot of times, you won't do well in class if you don't speak to the professor and really find out what, what's his slant on stuff, what he's really trying to teach you. You got to engage. So that's why I'm giving you these two prayers to say, you got to ask. Now, I'm speaking to my faith exchange family at home, too. We've been working on this stuff. And I'm just telling you guys, many of us, myself included, this is why we pray the Ephesians prayers. We're asking for capacity. For capacity. Because you have authority. You've been given what we call free will. You've been given the ability to choose. Your God is love. But there is no love without choice. He, if, if you don't have the ability to love him back by your own choice, it's not love. It's coercion. So love requires choice. Love requires the person to choose you back. All right? I release healing over here, and I release attention over everybody else. Amen? Let's stay focused. Okay? Let's choose right now that God is speaking to you. Let's go now. You want to read the rest of that prayer? Let me just read it for you. That I would be able to comprehend with the saints. Let's back up. Christ may dwell in my heart. That you being root, that I would be rooted and grounded in love, so that I could comprehend with all the saints the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height of that love, and to know the love of the, of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. 
Go with me to Joshua 1. Now, we got all weekend together. And I'm just getting warmed up. Because we're laying a foundation for you receiving in inner intimacy with the Father where you are healed in that relationship. Oh, but I'm healed. I feel good. I feel good. I know you're not 100% healed because you're not walking in the fullness of what that says. The love of Christ. The love of the anointed one and his anointing. The love of God on you. That you love that more than you love mac and cheese. That you love that more than you love your pillow. That you love that more than you love your dog. You know what I'm saying? That you love Christ. That you love the anointing, the burden. That you love solving people's problems, setting people free, making sure they go to heaven more than anything. And you love it in other people. Sparkle. Right? I want to see the life. See, he loved you. And I'm here on his behalf. And you have to understand that I am in the pulpit of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am sent here to say to you things that he'd like to say to you directly. Sparkle. Sparkle. Right? See, he's never going to apologize to you because he didn't do anything wrong. Now, if I... If I could trust you, here's what I'd really like to say. I'm never going to apologize to you because I didn't do anything wrong. Because that's what I heard in my spirit. Because that's how he uses me. He can could, he could have this body. He can have my eyes. He can have my voice. I shouldn't have to say third person, oh, God's over there. Let me speak for God. No, he should be able to speak. Not only through me, but through you. And when that happens to you, then Christ in you, the hope of glory, begins to manifest. That's where you want to get. Where what he says through you, you don't apologize for it. You're so connected to him. Be healed. Capacity for wisdom. Capacity to tell right or wrong. Discernment. Capacity to bring the sparkle out in every person you meet. The joy, the respect, the esteem. This is a life that that few people get to as believers, to where they understand that you you really want to just let Jesus wear you. Wear your body like a suit of clothes. I'm telling you, I run in some circles where some people have some pretty big egos. And honestly, sad to say, I fit in. Because I know how to play that game on the floor of the commodity exchange floor, football at Yale, different groups I've been in over the year. I know how they, they walk around with that 
fleshy swag, swagger. And I'm not proud of it, and I don't like it. But they have a real problem when I can focus enough. And Kelvin's seen me do this online. Just a word. Let the word come out. They get mad at me. You know what they're like? Would you stop quoting scripture, they say. No, they're like, would you stop hiding behind scripture? I'm not hiding behind scripture. They're not, they're not even talking to me. They're talking to Jesus. They're calling me all types of names, but it's bouncing off me because I'm not even the one doing the talking. Because when he talks, it's true. And not only is it true, it's respectful. Not only is it respectful, it's life-giving. Not only is it life-giving, it's irrefutable. And when you're talking to people who really value their own opinions and they run into irrefutable, how do you think they react? Oh, this is sweet. What a wonderful education you're giving me. Hardly. They don't know what to do but call your names. And these are smart people with big vocabularies. All of a sudden they're down to four-letter words and, and the adverbs with the extra you know, endings on those four-letter words. Right? But I don't respond in kind. Not only, not only don't I, I can't. It's not in my toolkit. Not allowed. And I, you know, and you know, and I know, and you know that I know that you know that I know that. I still think it. And when I think it, if I don't control myself. It's tasty, the idea of speaking it. It's like, ooh, that's a good one. Ooh. But the love of Christ is preeminent. It dominates my love of my wit. The love of the zinger. You know what I'm saying? Don't we all love a good zinger? We like a good zinger until we get zinged. When somebody has a better zinger than the zinger that we zinged with. We're all, we're all great zingers in our car. When somebody does something, we're all like, zing, zing. But if somebody stops and pulls the long gun out of the back, then no more zing, zings. Right? I'm telling you, the safest place to be, the most satisfying place to be, is in Him. But deeper than that, Him in you. Coming forward. Joshua, chapter 1. Bigger. Better. Brighter. See, I'm going to have more influence. I'm going to be more efficient, more productive. I'm going to seek more clearly. I'm going to grow. And I'm going to be promoted. In 2020, the words I got for that year were clarity, 
efficiency, productivity, growth, and promotion. In 2021, now you, you look, go back and put those in context. That's a year that everything shut down. 2021, you know, I wasn't talking about the COVID doesn't set my course for my year. 2021 was joy, victory, freedom, and fulfillment. This year, it's creative courage. Joshua, I'm going to release something for you now. You guys are familiar with these scriptures. But I want you to see them because you got to hear them because God is speaking. Verse 1 says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over the Jordan, you and all this people unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. God is telling you what to do. He's telling George and what, jo, uh, Joshua what to do. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, under the great sea, toward the going down, to the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Or he tells him what? But now he's about to impart the ability to receive it. When Pastor Annie comes to lay hands on the sick tomorrow night, she's going to say, she's going to go through this whole teaching. She's going to say, you cannot believe in God and get healed. You can barely believe in God and get healed. You can only be born again but not speaking in tongues and get healed. You can be speaking in tongues and get healed. You can be Presbyterian. You can be Jewish. You can be anything and get healed. And then she's going to say, would that be all right with you? Right? What am I asking? I'm asking your permission. What do we do when we get saved? We ask him into our heart. Right? We're not telling them to come into our heart. The feeling that you've got to have is, Lord, come into my heart. Because he's, he's, knocking at, he's knocking at the door. He's saying, can I come in? You're like, yeah, come into my heart. But sometimes when we give an altar call, we don't give it right in the sense we're saying, Jesus, come into my heart. No, you, it's like you're bossing them. You're not. You're saying, I receive you. For us men, it's, it's a very feminine thing. You know, receiving. And you have to understand that that's how it is. You've got to receive this. Now, he just spoke to Joshua. You are now the leader. I'm going to give you all this land. Nobody's going to stand before you ever again. And then he goes, be strong. Say, light be. He's not saying, be strong and very courageous. He's not going... You know, Joshua, Joshua, he's our man. He can do it if nobody can. He's not up cheerleading, you know what I mean? He's not, he's not like, you know, if I could kick high, I would, but I can't. 
then you'd really laugh. Hallelujah. He's not encouraging. He's not even admonishing. Be strong. I'm not admonishing you. I'm not saying be stronger, be bigger, be better, be brighter. I'm saying bigger. I'm saying strong, be. Courage, be. Capacity, be. Now, don't look at me like I'm just like entertaining you or something. God is in the room and he's releasing the same power that raised Christ from the dead for you. Now, you got to just face all of those things in your head that are these little resistors. Because I'm imparting what you need to have the happiest year of your life. No, I'm not talking about just, you know, <laughs> happy. I'm talking about any problem that you face, you can, you can solve it. Be strong and very courageous. There will be no man could stand before you. I've got land to give you. I've got life to give you. I've got generations of, of salvations to give you. I've got wisdom to give you. And you're like, well, where is it? Where is it? I'm not, it's not about where is it. It's about do you have the capacity to see it? Because it's all around you. Scripture tells you it's crying out in the streets. But you don't have the capacity to see it. And it's not that you don't have the capacity. You are a human being created in the image and likeness. But you have to ask for it. Be strong. Be courageous. So when God speaks, He's... You know, we, we read these things like He's... You know, would you like to go along? You know, like, like he's some kind of, like we always think of Jesus as be, really being sweet. If you were around Jesus, he suffers no fools, man. He just, he just, he is just telling you the truth the whole time. And he's constantly saying, follow me. You know, that's a sweet way of King James saying, keep up, moron. <laughs> How many times do I got to tell you this? You know, he's constantly saying, saying, if you can do it, you keep up. But he's not, he's not doing, you could do it. He's just going. And if you can keep up, you keep up. You, you read the parable of the sower. He teaches this parable and, he, and it only takes a few minutes to teach. And then he stops. Can you imagine following Jesus around? He finally stops and he preaches. And then he preaches the parable of the sower. If you read the parable of the sower from Mark 4 or the other place in Luke, if you read it, it would take a minute and a half. And then Jesus just leaves. Can you imagine driving to Fort Worth to hear Kenneth Copeland and he only preaches for a minute and a half? Imagine driving to Hebronville and you hear Pastor Dan, he only preaches for a minute and a half. You'd be like, I ain't going to go hear Pastor Dan again. A minute and a half. I, he, he didn't even get a chance to really tell a good joke. Right? I ain't coming out for a minute and a half. But see, Jesus requires us to follow him. What does that mean? That means you've got to love Christ. What does that mean? That means you've got to love his word, and then what happens, they follow him out. You read down in Mark 4, he goes, oh, you're still here? 
He goes, unto you, I'll show, the, show you the mysteries. You followed me. You asked me some questions. See? They couldn't get enough. That's where you want. That's why you don't want to miss tomorrow. It's like, wow, I got a lot of good stuff last night. I think that'll last me for the year. Actually, a lot of this stuff will, will set you in a good place for the year if you really got it. But why would you go to God if, he's, if he wants to give you more? And not only does he want to give you more, I, I hear this a lot with me, especially when I start into the Hebrew. The, the people are like, you, you, Pastor Dan, you're giving me a brain freeze, man. You're giving me a brain freeze. And that's because you're trying to receive it intellectually. I'm not teaching you information, my friend. I'm imparting capacity. I'm imparting anointing. I'm imparting ability. I'm imparting joy, victory, freedom, clarity, efficiency, productivity, growth, and promotion. You're going to walk out of here with the capacity to not only know him as healer, not only know him as protector, not only know him as provider, but to know him as creator. But what does that mean? That means you could create your way out of any situation. I just saw a Bugs Bunny cartoon in my mind. Anybody here not know who Bugs Bunny is? Everybody knows who Bugs Bunny is. Do you only have antennas on your TV out here? What's going on? <laughs> but in those old commercials, whenever Bugs Bunny really, really, really got in a jam, and he, could, he would look like he was not getting out of that jam, the artist would come in and he'd erase everything going on, and he'd rewrite the whole cartoon. That's your creator. When Paul, this is Philippians 4 now, when Paul was in jail, and he was in jail more than once, he writes in Philippians 4, he says, rejoice again. I say rejoice, for the time is at hand. And you know what he said? Or he said, the Lord is at hand. You know what that means? The Lord is at the point of creation. He is going to get me out of here somehow, some way. And when you know that he's going to do that for you, and you know he's going to create the way out, you start developing this inner sense of, I can't wait. You get an expectation rather than what most of us walk around with each and every day, which is, Again, I'm stuck in a jam again. Anybody in here like to play cards? Raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. You do, right? You like to play. Your your grandpa lets you play cards. How about, does he let you play poker? No, I didn't think so. I'm just trying to find stuff out. But everybody in here likes to win. Right? I mean, some people are not overly competitive, or so they say. 
Oh, I'm not competitive. I'm not competitive. But when they win, they've already got a victory dance. They're doing Michael Jackson. They're walking backwards. They're doing the taunt. They are doing everything in the house. They're like, next day, I'm not competitive. Am I right? I mean, the people who say they're not competitive are some of the most, the the worst winners you ever met in your life. (laughs) There's something on the inside of you that is designed to win. You like it. It feels good. But what that is, is that is really a gift from God to bring solutions and victory to every situation. The devil twists it when he makes you want to beat other people. In cards, it's no problem. You beat someone, there's really no lasting thing. I mean, I guess some people have traumatic experience and, you know, losing in crazy eights, I guess. If, If a big sister or a brother or something or an uncle just rubbed it in really bad. But for the most part, those things, but I'm talking about when we start really winning together, when one of us breaks through to this place where we receive strength. Say, I receive strength. Say, I receive courage. Say, I know you, Lord, as my healer. I know you as my provider. Now, listen, you have to practice this. You, how do you practice it? You get the scriptures out and you say, all right, where, where does he promise to be the healer? You know, you sent your word and you healed me. By his stripes I am healed. By his stripes I was healed. Right? And then you practice, you watch where Jesus healed the blind man. You watch where Jesus pulled Lazarus out of the tomb. You watch where the woman with the issue of blood. You know, and, and tomorrow night you'll hear testimonies. Annie will tell you about how she raised a woman from the dead on the street. How she opened a blind high in a very unbelieving Baptist church. She'll tell you how she raised a woman out of a coma who'd been in, who they'd given up on. But what is she doing? She's getting you to know him as the healer. She's open. Oh, he's the healer. He's the healer. Right? That's the same thing. Darkness over the face of the deep. Light be, it was, and there was. It seemed like there was no way out. For David, the giant was in front of him, but God was there, and all of a sudden there was a way. Gideon was surrounded. Elisha was surrounded. The whole book is a book of, of stories and books of truths to get you to know him in every capacity. And when you need him, You know him as healer, as protector, as provider. But I'm telling you, this year, you're not going to just need a healer. You're not just going to just need a protector. You're not just going to need somebody to get you some eggs in the morning and a sandwich at lunch and maybe a little bit of vegetables and some protein at night. A provider. You need creative courage. Because you are going, you are being raised. You chose yourself tonight to be here. I'm looking at you. I don't see what you see in a mirror. See, I can see the sparkle. 
even though some of you aren't showing it to me. It's in there. I know strength is in there. I know strength is in there. I know strength is in there. I know courage is in there. Would it be all right with you if you had creative courage at the moment when you need it this year? Because you're going to need it. And I'm giving it to you, saith the Lord. I'm giving it to you. That's why I'm here. This is a year. You need to do it. You need to do it for her. She's strong. She stands strong night after night. Day after day, year after year. Doesn't let the kids know. Your pastor stands strong day after day, night after You think it's church is full, pandemic hits. You don't think that breaks his heart a little bit? But there's a sparkle in there. There's a sparkle in there. And God said somebody like me here who's been through the same thing, had my disappointments, all my highfalutin billionaire college friends telling me I'm a failure because I'm pastoring a church. Except when they get COVID. <laughs> Except when their kid goes to jail. But see, the thing is, when you get over to this place, your whole, your whole, I mean, you're so open to what's really going on that you can't be offended. Call me a name. Tell me I'm stupid. Tell me I'm fat. Whatever you want to tell me isn't going to slow me down because I got to tell you, I died a while ago. No, but I died, but I ain't dead because he resurrected me. But he didn't resurrect me the same way I was before I died. He resurrected me to say his word. He resurrected me to speak life. He resurrected me not to tell you stories or to bring you information, but to bring strength and courage and creativity and ability and healing. And enlightenment and wisdom and most importantly, love. Y'all have friends, y'all have brothers and sisters, y'all have children in some cases. Love doesn't feel good most of the time. We all we all want love to be bows and flows of angel hair. Uh, ice cream, castles everywhere. Right? That's what we want. I've looked at love that way. Right? I'm just telling you, love is going to work every day. Love is telling the truth. Love is biting your tongue. Love is saying you're sorry. Love when you lose a loved one. Grief. All grief is, is people, people who don't grieve never loved. 
But you got to understand that, that grief, in fact, for the believer is just love, and you're going to see that person again. They're not gone. And the only reason you're hurt is because you love. Because you love. I'm telling you, when this goes off in you, but by the end of maybe tonight, by the end of the weekend, you have to be a little bit careful because your capacity is going to open you up in a way. Because you're going to dream again. You're going you're to take risks again. You're going to have a creative courage. It doesn't mean you're going to have victory every single time. It, and, and, oh, I've got to say this. I've got to give you a revelation. Gina, I've been studying the Word for 35 years. Can I do it a quick aside? You, you all speak English and Spanish, right? Maybe some other languages. But I would dare say that no one in here speaks Hebrew. Am I right? English, when we think, when, when God says, light be, and then it says, and it was. That's all English, right? And so, because the forms of be in English are all past, present, future. Those are the forms of be. It's how an English teacher would teach it. They are tied to time. Past, present, future. In Hebrew, they call their forms of be perfect and imperfect. Now, English teachers use those terminologies even in English. Perfect tense, imperfect. But that our, our English terms don't mean what they mean in Hebrew. Because in Hebrew, to be perfect, it means... When you say be, it is. It's a creative language. And that's when I start getting you to meditate all the aspects of, of, of the Hebrew alphabet, every letter, the words, because they're designed to create. They're not designed to describe a novel. They're not, they're not designed. I was riding my horse on a hill and I could smell the flowers from a distance. The horse was tired and I could tell with his nostrils flaring and his teeth held back that we only had another hour to ride. The saddle was burning the inside of my knees and my ankles were raw. And my hat had blown off for the last time. That's how we're trained to read. You were with me riding that horse, weren't you? <laughs> Courage. Strength. Forgiveness. Hope. Capacity. Faith. Life. Capacity. Intellectual capacity. Emotional capacity. Relationship capacity. Some of you, I, I just watched, I watched. Some of you think I'm just listening. No, I'm not listening to anything. I'm giving it to you. I'm handing out gifts. This is how the Bible is written. I have come to give you life. And that more, much more abundantly. The devil, he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. You are 
the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. All power in heaven and earth, under the earth, are in my hands, but I give it to you. You're like, oh, thanks. But if somebody puts some money in your bank account, what do you got to do? You got to go get it. You got to withdraw it. You got to receive it. Okay, thanks. Takes an effort to pull it in. And then you got to pull it in with gratitude. Or you ain't getting any more. Good prayer warriors will teach you all the time. Here's how you pray. Father, I come to you in the name of Yeshua and I thank you that this church will be bigger, better, and brighter. I thank you that each individual in this church will receive and that no one in here will ever use their mouths again to destroy. They will know that they are creative. They will have the courage to encourage. They will have the courage to strengthen others. They will be edifiers. True builders. I'm watching, I'm watching. Some of you have just got so used to disqualifying yourself. What am I watching? What do I see? What do I see? I see the spark. I see the spark. I see the spark. Then I see you put your hand over your spark. Don't look at my spark. I don't want you to see my spark. Don't bring that spark out. You got to give God permission every day. These words, this message, this impartation to you, you can play it over and over and over again. You've got to receive strength. You've got to receive capacity. You have been called to do great things. This little church in Hebronville is no little church. Your pastor has a great calling on his life. He has a great heart. He is not a quitter. There's no quitting him. There's no quitting you. There's no quitting you. The more you know him, see this is, I just want to know the love. God is love. The more you know him, the more you're going to trust that he's going to be there for you. So tomorrow morning, I'm going to teach, I'm going to teach you things about him you ain't never seen. I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach you him in the Aleph, the Bet, the Gimel, the Dalet. I'm going to show you aspects of his person and his personality. He's got ways to love you. He's got ways to inspire you. He's got ways to connect to you. He's got ways to open doors for you. He's got ways to excite you. He's got ways to to guide you. And when you read the word going forward, you're never going to, you're never again, you're never again going to feel like you're reading about somebody else. You're going to see every prayer. You're going to read Mary as the angel visits Mary and she's going to say, 
She's going to say back to the angel, but I've known no man. But the Holy Ghost says, or the angel says to her, the Holy Ghost is going to hover over you. And she says, be it unto me. And you're going to see it. You're going to see yourself. Lord, be it unto me. Be it unto me. And Jesus is going to be in the garden of Gethsemane. And you're going to see him struggling, struggling with the challenge that's ahead of him. And then he's going to say, not my will, but thy will be. And you're going to see yourself. Not my will. But thy will be done. And you're going to stand before somebody who's trying going to try to disqualify you. Somebody's going to and, and you're not going to feel you're not going to feel slighted in the little bit. Because you're going to understand the truth and the validity and what Jesus teaches. If they don't receive you, move on. Because he is the way maker. He's going to open a door. He's going to, you know, people come to me, you know, we're, we're going through where people are getting fired because they don't get vaxxed. People are getting fired for other reasons. They're getting, and all my life, this, people lost their jobs on 9-11. I mean, I've been going through it for a long time. They come to me. They say, Pastor Dan, and, and they're looking at me, and you know what they want? Because their flesh is crying out. They want me to cry with them. I'm so sorry this happened to you. I, I understand. I understand. What good is that going to do them? Me understanding helps them not at all. And sometimes they get annoyed at me because you know what I say? Give me your hand. Would it be all right with you if by the end of the week you had three job offers, two of which would have higher compensation than you've ever had before? But you're going to know which one to take because not only will it be a better job, it will be more convenient to where you live and... From the get-go, you know the people are going to like you. And you're going to like them. Would that be all right with you? But Pastor Dad, I just lost my job. I'm like, I just gave you a job. November of uh, 2001, everybody was out of work. The whole towers were gone. Everything was gone. We were having a Bible study every single day on Wall Street. And one night we were having a Wednesday night because we would do it every day at noon and then on Wednesday nights and then on Sundays. But this one Wednesday night, there were 20 people that had lost their jobs. They all came down to the front. And I asked them, I said, do you all want jobs? Because not everybody wants a job. (laughs) Tomorrow night, not everybody's going to want to be healed. In this room tonight, not everyone wants to be happy. Silver and gold have I none, but that which I have I offer unto you. Strength, courage, capacity, creative power, oneness with the Lord, the understanding of Him living in you. So, they came forward. There were 18 of them. I said to them, would it be okay with you guys if you had a job by next Wednesday? And they said, yeah. I said, you got to do me a favor. you got to do a couple things for me. They said, what? So you got to make three phone calls. They're like, okay, that's easy enough. you got to call somebody you know. you got to call somebody you don't know. And you got to call somebody you don't like. 
And I, if you will do these, and of course this was led by the Lord. Because what am I doing? I'm trying to get you healed. I'm trying to get, to get you real that with the fact that you are holding back the anointing God wants to give you. The life God wants to give you. The happiness God wants to give you. The capacity God wants to give you. The strength God wants to give you. The impact God wants to give you. The influence God wants to give you. He wants more for you. And I'm telling you, if you're here tonight, I'm telling you, you were created to be a leader in his kingdom. And if you'll receive what is being imparted to you tonight, you will find yourself, when you graduate to the triumphant church, you will find yourself in leadership. In that great cloud of witnesses. Because you were chosen for that. Oh, but Pastor Dan, when I look in the mirror, I see wrinkles. I see age. I see gray hair. I see disappointment. I see weakness. It's not what he sees. I see life. I see a hunger and a thirst for the word. I see getting up on a Friday night to go out to hear God speak. You going to come back in the morning? So I'll stop right there, Kelvin. It's a good place to stop. But just know that when I'm here, especially this weekend... I'm giving gifts. You got to ask for them. You got to go home and you got to re listen to these. And Faith Exchange, these are for you too. Anybody else who's listening online? I've got some friends that have gotten healed lately. I've got other people that are starting to watch us a little bit now. You got to ask. These things are real. This isn't Dan. This isn't the knucklehead you used to hang out with and drink beer with. This is God sending a man who's willing to get out of the way to speak his word. 2022 is going to be bigger, better, and brighter. Not only for Faithway, but for every single individual in this church. Not only in numbers, not only in salvations, but in your capacities. I've got to tell you, smarter is, is fun. Smart is fun. Strong is fun. Capacity is fun. Get ready, get ready, get ready. 2022 is going to be your best year yet. Not the best year you've ever had, but the best year up until now. Next year will be even better. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, socially, and financially. By far. Pastor. Glory to God. Would you get something out of all that? Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, just bring one point and I'll let you go out. You know, but thank you guys from Laredo, coming from Laredo. Pastor Dan staying in Laredo. Anybody else from Laredo came in? Well, God bless you. You guys, of course. You guys are all by yourselves over there, so I miss you. But no, thank you guys for, you know, and that's, um, I mentioned that because, you know, for the Heavenville crowd, I'm going to use them. You know, if they can drive 60 miles to come to church, you can cross the street. Just saying. But um, I want to talk just real quickly about capacity, and because that, that word just got been ringing in my spirit. And I want to mention it briefly, and I'm, I'll, get, I'll get you out of here really fast. That's why I didn't even bring a Bible up. He's like, we know you, Pastor. You don't even need to have a Bible up there. It's, it'll come out. 
So here's the thing, you know, one of the things I learned in capacity, and again, we talk a lot of stories, Jesus taught with stories, of course, but without getting bogged down in a real long story, you got to understand when my wife and I came into this, some people say we were at zero. No, we were like in the negatives, all right? We were, we were on the other side of zero. So, you know, we've seen this thing work. In other words, and I, I don't like to use the word thing because it's not a thing. It's the Holy Presence of God on, you know, God's ability on your ability that makes things work. Well, one thing that God always would stretch me was, was you know, because you got to understand, especially in the area, area of finances and resources, and you talk about God putting some limits to help me believe, you know, even when we decided that we needed to build a church, the first thing he told me was, you can't get, you can't have any debt on it. And I'm like, yay, okay, how do you build a church with no debt on it? Well, he knows how because we're sitting in one, right? But um, the capacity to receive, you know, you take this however you want it. This is a little golden nugget. If you trust me, it's your pastor. I want to help you with this. I'm not trying to pump up an offering or anything. I don't, you know, that most of you know me, I could care less at that point because if God can't pay for it he sure can't pay for it but I'll tell you one thing God needs you to understand something because he's trying to get your capacity well the capacity to receive I learned a very simple a very simple truth the capacity to receive was completely depending on my capacity to give and and then my capacity to receive was always according to the measure that you meet so when I come to Jesus, you know, and I'm not going through my testimony, but I come in receiving unemployment checks. You know, that's where we were. Um, very, very short time food stamps. Been there, done that. But I could see that, that unless, so if I was a $20 giver, I would remain a $20 giver for the rest of my life. And God was fine with it. But that was my capacity. Y'all tracking with me? And I could still be there here today. But God would always stretch me in the places where, how can I put it this way? He stretches you in the place where you're least comfortable. He doesn't, he doesn't want to stretch you where you're comfortable. Just like a coach, or, you know, it's like what I said Sunday, you know, going to the gym, we all had our favorite, you know, when we used to go to the gym, we all had our favorite exercises. And then we had the ones we didn't like to do. And the ones we like to do, you could tell because your body was formed in the ones you like to do. So you'd have like huge biceps and little chicken legs, you know. It's like, uh, I think you need to work on your legs a little more, you know. But um, so my, my point is the capacity is the same in the spirit, you know, in every area. But I want to talk, you know, especially in the area of resources because, you know, bigger, better, brighter. You know, you, you know, I was telling the three keys to make a ministry work. You just need good leadership good teams and resources. If you have those three things, you can have a ministry or, or, you know, or do something impactful for God. But my point is, and I'll let you go with this, check your capacity in, in that one area, especially in the area of resources, your time, your money, your giving. Because, you know, this is what happens. You get excited and you say, yeah, you know, I really believe God. I'm going to grow my capacity and I'm going to sow a certain amount of seed because, you, you know, you're motivated or you see it. You're enlightened, if I can use that term. But then your conscience kicks in and say, well, no, we got to think about this. So, you're, you know, your capacity grew, let's say, say, for instance, if you were a $20 giver, for example. Every, you know, every Sunday you give $20. That's fine. Nothing wrong with $20. We need all of them. But now the, the God prompts you to say, no, I want you to double that. 
You're like, yeah, I can do that. But then your reasoning mind comes in and says, no, 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 you don't want to get crazy about this. And then immediately locks back in, watch this, to the carnal man. That's the carnal man. You know, the carnal man, we need carnal man. We need a human man. If not, we can survive. But you got to be careful that the carnal man doesn't speak louder than the spirit voice. You are with me? Because you'll stay there forever. And I, was, I had a whole reading on this, and I said, no, the time's gone. But it really comes back to Deuteronomy 8. Right? He says, don't forget. He talks about that capacity. He says, I brought you through a lot of stuff when you didn't have old capacity, and I showed you what I was able of, and I will show you what you were able of. But now that you're here, and you're all in, and you got it all together, don't forget. Because if you forget, then the capacity goes back, it becomes reduced again. I mean, it's just a very simple idea. So I encourage you, you know, maybe this is a conference where you can break out of some of those things that you that you planted yourself. You know, some said, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a tither, Pastor Box, and I've always been, okay, great, but guess what? Tithing is a start. You know, I mean, and some people aren't even there yet. So, I mean, I'm not judging them. I'm just saying, you're capa- you know, I remember, what, who was it? Rick Warren, one of these guys that, that said they, they gave away 90% and lived off 10. Now that tells you about somebody growing in their capacity. Because we you know sometimes we're struggling with to give God the 10. There's people that have grown so much in this understanding that they say, no, I can live on 10 and give God the 90. Se acabaron los amenes. That's all right. That's okay. It's late. It's Friday night. But just think about this. And online church, thank you guys for being on tonight. Of course, every service will be um, live stream. But you can be part of this giving. You know, we, we, every dollar go, is going first and foremost to the budget. And, of course, we believe, God, we're going to meet that really, really quick. But we do want to send Pastor Dan and Ann with our love in, in our seat. So there's no money going to be taken out for anything faith way other than, you know, the expenses of the meeting. And, of course, we want to bless them by Sunday. So just make a decision right at the beginning. You know, and I would encourage if you have one offering for the whole weekend, why don't you split it up in each service? Why? Because there's just something about connecting with that seat. I mean, that, I've always been, that's just my, the way I am. I will not go to a service and not give an offering. If, I, if, it's, if all I got is a buck, I got to connect with that buck, right, Dan? I mean, if that, that's it. I mean, if that, and sometimes in these conferences, you're down to a few pennies at the end of the meeting, right? Well, I still wanted to save a few. So I just encourage you, think about your capacity. Is your capacity in, in, in this area, is your capacity to receive in the same place as your capacity to give? Because that's how God, I mean, it's in the Bible, right? With the measure that you meet. So God loves you at the whatever measure you use. You want to be a spoon measure? That's fine. Bucket? How about dump truck, right? I mean, that's where we're at. So anyway, go ahead and stand to your feet. Information's on the screen. Thank you guys for being here tonight, really. I am so blessed to see you guys Friday night. And I was explaining to Dan that in South Texas, when, when the temperature hits 40, we are in full lockdown. We are buying stuff, right, Linda, for the winter. We, we, are, we are hoarding toilet paper. And, I mean... This is it. We're, we're boarding up the, you know, 40 degrees is serious. So for you guys to come out at 40 degrees, that makes it that much more special. So anyway, go ahead. Let's pray. We'll get out of here. Father, we just thank you for a great start to this meeting. I know.